This episode is brought to you by Existential Crises and Crippling Nihilism. Existential Crisis and Nihilism because all my friends are dead. And welcome to a very special Attack on Titan themed episode. I am, of course, your co host, uh, OVM Captain Shafiq. And who do I have here? In we the got General Toffee here. You're the General Toffee? I want to be General. Yeah, what's up with General? General sounds cool. Generals don't do anything. They just stay back in base exactly. and watch all the Exactly. That's what I do in the show. So why the hell not and live up to my role here? Yeah? And, yeah, and I'm Cadet Eccentric Tom, the one dying for all of your little machinations. Uh, I.e. the one doing all the work. Uh, exactly. You're the one who saw your mother get eaten out. Wait, that sounded very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't hear what Shafiq said, we were going to talk about Attack on Titan and... Possibly anime? Other anime in general? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about anime uh, later, but this is mainly going to be talking about Attack on Titan because... The season it's the hottest shit right now, yeah. Yeah, season 2 has just wrapped up and we're going to give our thoughts about it. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Attack on Titan as a whole, you know, our first experiences about it, whether we've read the manga or not. I bet you have, right? Um, only after I heard about the anime. Because the see. first time I've heard about this is actually just from the show's debut with the Really kick-ass opening theme. Oh god! That yeah. Really yeah. harrowing uh, episode where Aaron's mother gets eaten, I believe. To you in two thousand years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And all that shit that happens subsequently, like him getting drafted to the whole Titan I attacking think he army. He didn't get drafted. He no, volunteered. He volunteered. Sorry, he volunteered. He's one of the only ones to volunteer. Everyone was like, "Oh, do I have?" He's like, yeah. "I'm gonna kill them all." Like, okay, settle down, you anime stereotype. And then, compared to other armies dealing with this shit, these guys they had this. Uh, I'll call it VM gear if I recall. I forgot OV, what the full name OV, OV, OV gear, yeah. right? I wrote it down. Omnidirectional <laughs> movement, ODM, yeah. I think. Yeah, ODM gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say also like Attack on Titan as a show, very refreshing compared to what else is available to us. I mean, this is granted not the first like style of uh, how you would say adult. Na- uh, mature anime yeah, there's a lot I of mean, roles yeah. out there but yeah. I guess Attack on Titan stands out like because of, because of just its nihilism I guess Kinda, I, think I would also say more because it caught on to the zeitgeist of the zombie craze because mm. the thing is this came right after High School of the Dead if I'm not mistaken mm, mm, so mm. if you think about it like in Japan they're also kind of catching on to the uh, small of a small amount of us versus the rest of the world and if you make your zombies like 8 foot tall structures like, and the rest uh, oh yeah all of them I mean and also the strength of the visual. Absolutely. I mean, like just seeing, uh, like one of those uh, scouts cadets, you know, facing off against a titan, and you just see the size and the proportions, and just and you see your horrific faces whenever they are like at a very bad situation. Yeah, I mean, the, just the opening shot alone with the colossal titan just towering over, and they say the ball is tall; it's something like eighty meters tall, and yeah. it's just resting its hands on top, like kind of like looking like, hello, hey, what's up? How you doing, boy? <laughs> It's like, hi guys, what did I miss? And I would say also another thing is it's like the strong Titan design. I would say mm-hmm. like the way they look, that otherworldly kind of vibe they have, in the sense where it's nothing but pure uncanny valley, yeah. especially with the proportions. It's and the, the super deformed ones, especially with the tiny little arms and like the big gaping jaw like eye. Or even the ones who like, you know, the unnecessarily large eyes just looking at you. Yeah. Like, or all the, the creeper one that faces smiles one. at you in a very weird way, like, like, <laughs> uh, a, like a pedo bear's kind of smile. Absolutely, oh god. But also at the same time, like, uh, um, I mean, what, the action. Absolutely. You know, like just seeing them like zip through buildings or trees, you know, in that ODM gear. and It's like watching a very depressing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
With that's, great power comes great responsibility. Your Uncle Ben died? Yeah. Everybody's Uncle Ben died. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if there was that one guy who said, I'm here because my Uncle Ben died. Oh, good for you. My entire family's dead and I lost my home. And Six my time. arm. Yeah. You know? Then awkward silence all the way through. No, the next fight. no awkward silence. A lot of... Because of that very Japanese thing. Yeah, with that one bead of sweat coming down, the weird eye shape. And then like the fence up just being three dots. Yeah. Okay, now I'm just going to rein it in home because again the action's good we know that the titans are freaks of nature but again what makes a show is always the characters and Absolutely. maybe you want to go through like the main characters and even the side guys here and there yeah I mean what I like is that they do something which I have seen them do before is where the main character Eren Yeager he's a whiny incompetent little bitch <laughs> like he is outshone by almost everyone else in his even in the main posse of the three like the one who's actually badass is the girl Mikasa. Oh, Mika, Mikasa, Mikasa, Mikasa yeah. Ackerman. The the last Japanese person alive, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the, la- the last Asian in the world. It's like okay. Yeah, so there's Ackerman. I don't know how that came. Oh, that's because her father's ah, German, British. I think. German, Germanic. Well, whatever. It's not based in the real world. <laughs> and uh, Armin is the brains behind the operation. Like the super young blonde dude. I don't think his voice even breaks in the, the uh, English dubs. Like they keep him super. None high-pitched. of their voices break, but they True. do break your eardrums. You know, especially Absolutely. when they get really emotional. <laughs> Which is every damn episode with Aaron, especially in the first season. Oh god, yeah. I mean, like the thing is, I would also say that this has very similar parallels to shows like Guns, which appeared like a couple of years back, where the lead character is literally a whiny bitch. Constantly, like you know, berating people around him. We can even go as far as to Neon Genesis Evangelion, where your main character is a, a whiny, whiny bitch. little bitch. <laughs> you know, so surrounded by. Really likes the whiny protagonist, don't they? It's like every creator and every director wants to make sure that there's this main character that everyone can relate to, or it so can look down on. Yeah. You know, yeah, just like God, you're pathetic. Yeah. Why are we watching you? But at least it's probably the strongest supporting cast I've seen in. Not just anime, in any kind of uh, production, to be honest. Maybe you want to bring up someone you like, apart from the main trio? Captain fucking Levi's son? Of course. Fangirl alert. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my god, he is just one of the best created characters I've ever seen. Just so deadpan, just so like, oh, hey. You mean like Sephiroth? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Sephiroth is there because, you know, he's supposed to tailor for the fangirls. Like but Levi. I don't know, <laughs> Levi, at least he... There's a reason why he's actually like that, isn't he? Like yeah, this, there is. I mean, they did explain a bit here and there. Kinda. And he's still a good guy in the end. He's on very, your side. There's a very good OVA which kind of explains his origins and how he became so like repressed and dark and just really subdued. And he gets shit done. Yeah, That's what and, I like about and, him. And it's really effective because when he does finally lose his mind or raise his voice, it's really effective because that's when you know. This has gone horribly, horribly wrong. If even he's losing his mind. Yeah. So he's just like Batman. Kinda. <laughs> Which is why he's such a good character. Yeah. <laughs> way, way, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, everything about season one just makes it really stand out. You know, you know the characters, the story, the titans themselves. The animation is actually really good. Even yeah, for a TV show, yes. Yeah. Even the CGI elements work very well. The horses are a little bit iffy in some points especially like, in season 2 especially yeah. when they do doing that giant retreat sequence yeah. and yeah. like you can tell that these horses don't really touch the ground properly yeah I mean compared to the first season when they sent out the uh, scouts uh, the big scout force like, that yeah. actually looks very impressive mm-hmm. no, I mean, the thing is I would say like 
season one had this very all-out kind of vibe where basically, okay, the studio and the artist, they knew, they didn't know that this would be a success, but they knew that they had to just finish this. They had to sell it, finish it yeah. at the point where it wraps up nicely with one hell of a cliffhanger at the end. For season one? Yeah, you know, yeah, when, the, when the bear of the wall falls down and suddenly just, you see a titan just standing there. It's like Just staring at you. It's like, oh God, and oh God. It, <laughs> and I would also want to kind of uh, bring up the fact that that is also probably the harbinger to when season two happens and how I started to kind of lose interest in this show. Yeah, yeah when they start explaining stuff. But we'll talk about, we'll we'll talk get about to that it later. later yeah. Yeah. Now, but, I remember Shafiq, we discussed this a little bit earlier about like your favorite fight scene or at least the climatic scene of season one. For season one? Yeah. When that female titan just fucks up everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially, <laughs> oh, like, especially Levi's squad where they do that kind of... Um, like the Suicide Squad kind of uh, introduction where it kind of freeze frames and says how many titans they've killed. Yeah. And it's all stuff like 56, 79, 101, like super high numbers. These are really skilled titan killers and they get wiped out by Annie. <laughs> Very effectively like, wiped the, out. The female titan, like, there's one way she just smacks him into a tree. <laughs> like, oh, like, that's Ooh. worse than being eaten because you see like the weird body position where you know everything's broken and there's no way of recovering. Oof. And I also say one thing about like season one especially, right, where it's uh, very good at raising your hopes just enough and then just crushing it immediately. Like very, yeah. it's very Game of Thrones in how it's like your favorite character just died, and it happened in such a nonchalant way, <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> He's yeah. dead now? That's or you she's realize, dead now? We haven't got a hope in hell if they're just like exactly. Smack. It's like we literally just flies to these creatures, and how we ever hope to survive is, you know. Insane. Uh, I mean, also another thing is like, um, I would say that's the strength of the first season where it just maintains that level of nihilism, that level of, uh, you know, dystopia where it's like, mm -hmm. there is no chance in hell. But that is the very nature of like, we have to bend together and do our best to fight and survive. And like, basically, you know, and the, the fact that these like very otherworldly creatures like, they were not explained at all. They just yeah. seem to have appeared. And the thing is, their ability to just pop up whenever they feel like, especially with the Colossal Titan, oh, yeah. just like appearing all of a sudden. And like how at any point of time during any part of the show, like things could just immediately take a turn for the worse. I mean, yeah. this is one of those shows where they they literally play with your feelings and expectations every step of the way. And they actually accentuate that part, what you said, because these characters... I mean, apart from the main trio, like, you take your pick of who you like or hate. The supporting cast, like, you don't know who's going to get nicked off eventually, but oh, yeah. you just want to just see them, see this through. The I day. mean, even, like, spoilers with standing, right? I mean, season one happened quite a bit ago, and you should have known what happens in season it's one. It's in 2014, I think, right. when the first Yeah, so, like, so we're going to spoil the fuck out of season one. It's been that long? And Holy a shit. bit of season two. Like, the, big, the first few episodes, I think, we have but, to spoil. But, like, uh, taking up on... Uh, Toffee's point, right? Like, fucking Aaron gets wiped out too. Oh, yeah. Like, and, like, everybody was like, he's supposed to be the hero of the show. Yeah, like, when, uh, when the Titan finally just closes his mouth, it's like, oh, and so a, he's gone. And a, <laughs> yeah. and a bit of him just flies through the air. It's yeah, like, it's like and seeing, and, and seeing and Armin. Just, just like, spattered in blood and just go, <laughs> And, like, I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't see that coming either. And another aspect which I really like is um, the way they deal with very interesting philosophies about what it means to serve your country to yeah. be part of the military because we obviously live in a very militarized society in this world mm. where you grow up and you have to serve the state somehow if you're not a soldier you're a farmer if you're not a farmer you're 
doing something to help make sure that humanity just doesn't get wiped out. And also very clever about the show is like how they design the world where they constantly remind you of the, the tiers in the social hierarchy. Yeah, where like it's the literally divide and everything. Not just that, it's like literally this wall is where the middle people are. This mm -hmm. wall is for like the one percenters and then there's the castle in the middle. Yeah. And there's like every time you go further in and you just see like how the discrepancies of like wait you guys are kind of living better than us and yeah. we are providing for you like that class structure and then like you can see how the middle class realize like oh if we lose the middle class we don't have food because yeah. that's where the farms are <laughs> and it's like no i mean it's very clever storytelling okay at, at first at first yeah and then also at the same time i also like the fact that you know it doesn't become too much of like oh the government is like like uh, how you say they're not caring or they, they don't really you know take care of people I mean they do have their own politics and their own problems which is yet to be revealed properly yeah. I would say that you know but I mean they only establish like there's a church mm -hmm. uh, a very weird church yeah you know kind of like the Game of Thrones church mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have some sort of uh, government and some sort of military who's protecting this government and for reasons unknown like why can't we all just band together? But then also at the same time, like I also like the fact that they established like some of us are just not capable of dealing with that. Yeah. And some of us, even though we're capable of dealing with that, don't stand the chance. Yeah, so even the most capable soldiers are they could die the very next day. Or right now. <laughs> yeah, just or just right now. Yeah. Which is like one problem I have with Attack and Titan most of the time is like when you see this very capable soldier and then like he sees somebody die and then he gets shell shocked and then he turns around and there's one Titan right behind him. Like, like how do Titans creep up on people? With their goofy faces and then like they just pick the guy up by the <laughs> and they're like, Okay, you're you're food now, like Yeah, like, what? <laughs> You know, I mean, okay, but um, logic aside, I mean, this is still an animated show. This is mm -hmm. still a shonen. It's very well done. I mean, I loved season one. I'm a little, you know, 50-50 about season two. But maybe, do you want to go into probably, not say the history, but probably recommendations for Tom? Because I would say this is your first, not maybe your first, maybe one of your, you're, you're kind of new to the whole anime thing. I've seen two animes properly, outside from just the Pokemon uh, TV show. Which you're the perfect age for. Yeah, I mean, that was directly aimed at me, even outside of Japan. And this one, which I can't remember the name of, but it's set in Tokyo where they're like demons taking control of people. And you join the police and you have to go kill demons. That could be a lot of shows, bro. <laughs> you gotta be specific. <laughs> you gotta be a bit more specific than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have weird tattoos. Now that sounds familiar. Yeah. I probably know the Japanese name, but I don't think I know the English name. But okay. Well, yeah. we can always just wrap up this part of the segment saying that... Attack on Titan remember, Season 1. Yeah. I guess Attack on Titan Season 1 reminds me a lot of how The Walking Dead comic and uh, TV show was earlier on. Well, Season 1 of the TV show. The first, the first season. Season for 2 was. for Walking Dead, I, I kind of gave up. Yeah. Like, it, this got so stupid yeah, very quickly. The, when I noticed Buffy season 3 and then 4 and 5 were met and I just stopped at 6 because my god. But it's got that vibe basically. Yeah. Like, okay, this is something not completely different but still is in a sense. It's following a trend but mm -hmm. it's doing its own spin on it and you know, giant titans and uh, battle scenes and the castle, class divide stuff and mm -hmm. relatable characters in a sense. Yeah. So. I mean, what makes it really impressive is the show creator who is... Uh, Hajime, wait, uh, yeah, name escapes me. At Hajime the Isayama. Isayama san, yeah. Yeah, very young guy. Apparently, he moved to Tokyo, worked part time in a manga cafe, and was trying to write this and ship 
like sell it to people mm -hmm. and he was rejected for years because his, his art, art style, style sucked it still sucks bro oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually still pretty bad yeah I mean, you look at original designs like oh wow you don't know what proportions are but i mean I, eventually someone took a chance and now we have the show so i think we should be happy that someone did kind of see something in and i'm not sure who the animation studio for this show is do you know shafiq uh, kind of excuse me at the moment yeah but it does look good i mean it's a huge contrast to the manga Definitely. I mean, like, I mistook it for, like, a Madhouse production, but Madhouse is, like, barely existing also as, as it is right now. They're probably taking fewer projects. I mean, the thing yeah. is, Madhouse lo lost a lot of the main artists, but I would say one thing about Attack on Titan is, like, uh, it just goes to show how the strength of a premise can actually go very far. For it has sure. some legs on it. And also, unfortunately, I would also probably bring this up in the later segment when we talk about Season 2, right? How he only had a premise. He it's had pretty it, yeah. obvious that he didn't know that this would be a hit and that he, he had to follow it up. So it's like, uh, similar to maybe Walking Dead, the TV show, not the, uh, the, the comic books. The comic books definitely knows where it's going. Yeah. Whereas like for Attack on Titan, it seems that, you know, I would say it's not long, three years waiting for a season two to eventually like, be, uh, to, to, to finally arrive. But also at the same time, you can see like, okay, it's starting to like you know the cracks are starting to show a little bit yeah. but at the same time this is a better direction than if you were to do it in the 90s or the 80s where oh you got a hit shonen thing going on add in filler until the comic book you get to catch up with the comic books aka oh. dragon ball aka yeah. almost yeah. every, every show. Shonen show yes and then of course yeah, we can also bring up the fact that there are shows where if you allow the artist or the writer to take their time and just the level of genius that can emerge from that so i mean as at the same time, we also kind of have to, you know, reference the fact that Japan, as a culture, like even like the anime culture, like people all over the internet will be like little kids, like oh my dreams to go to Japan to work as a anime like writer or like you know an illustrator, and then like you have to <laughs> tell these kids don't, you don't want yeah. to do that. You don't want to do that. Okay, you work shit money, shit hours. You have a shit house. You have a shit life, and you need to really shit out all these like product. And at the same time, like Japan's culture, like I mean, we we're not gonna like blame it, but we're gonna say like that is how they do things. Yeah, it's just how things are done, and yeah, it's produced some stellar stuff. It's also produced some really terrible stuff as well. But yeah, it's just like every other creative enterprise. I mean, like it's literally Sturgeon's law. Like ninety five percent of everything is garbage, yeah. you know. And the thing is, it's the ninety five percent that actually you know exemplifies or like pushes the value of the five percent. Like, if it wasn't for all this crappy stuff, we wouldn't really appreciate the 5%. Yeah, we wouldn't have, you know, something to compare it to. Say, oh, this isn't very good, this is why this is really fantastic. So, I mean, like, especially for this segment, right, we're going to kind of plunge into our experiences with anime. I mean, yeah. we're here to help Eccentric Tom, like, lead him on the path, like, because the thing lead is... Lead him on the path of greatness. Yeah, and at the same <laughs> time, like, push away the 95% that is actually... You can ignore this, like, yeah. pay attention to this if you like this kind of stuff. So maybe Toffee Senpai. I'm gonna call you Toffee Senpai from now on. <laughs> senpai. What's our general? We're all senpais today, you know. Okay, yeah. So, uh, what would you recommend in terms of a mature themed anime in the vein of Attack on Titan? That something that like something that eccentric Tom might appreciate. Well, I'm just gonna go straight out there and recommend these uh, trilogy of movies called yeah. Berserk, the Golden Egg Trilogy. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I would also double recommend watching the 1997 anime. There okay. you go, yes. They're yes. both actually the same story. Yeah. But uh -huh. also at the same time, if you want something really nihilistic, if you want something that will like punch you in the balls and just remind you that you know, humanity Life sucks, sucks yeah. right? 
just that first season and how it just you know and talk i just mentioned how like attack on titan is very good at like you know raising your hopes and then just squashing it yeah when berserk squashes your hopes it really just <laughs> it punches you right in the soul you, yeah. <laughs> and it keeps on punching oh yeah yeah it curbs on the heck out of you no no not only does it keep punching especially like the, the very final segment you know like i'm not gonna spoil anything and if you can avoid any references just watch the show and just see how it ends up, right? That final part, okay? Not only will it curb stomp you, it will look you right in the eye and remind you, like, cool. you are shit. <laughs> you maybe, are, maybe a recap of the story. So it's about a mercenary named Guts. Guts all. Uh-huh. And okay, his and adventures go through when he joins the band of Hawks. And the strange thing is, right, the first season is literally a flashback mm-hmm. about how he became, what, the Black Warrior with the one eye? The one armed, like, like he appears in, like, the very first shot is he's in a bar, mm-hmm. and then people look at him and, like, that's the guy. And, like, he survived the worst thing ever. And then they tell you about the worst thing ever. And basically, okay, I also kind of have to, uh, not so much of a warning, but there's some very homoerotic moments between the other guy, Griffith. Oh. Griffith, Griffith, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So Griffith is basically the leader of the band of the Hawk. And he has this one dream, is to have his own kingdom. I see. So he like basically hires mercenaries to create this small militia, which is like the best of the best, and they just wipe out like uh, other armies and take over castles for kings. Uh-huh. So he finds Guts, and then he sees in Guts, like it's the perfect white and black dynamic. Whereas he is all about, you know, um, prestige and privilege and honor. And then he sees this animal of a man who is just all about brutality and the harshness of life. And the thing is, they form a very unique friendship. And the thing is, you can see how they perfectly yin-yang each other. Okay. And then, like, you kind of fall for their relationship. And then, of course, there's also the third wheel, Casca. Casca, uh, yes. Okay, so she is basically, like, uh, Griffith's most powerful warrior slash lieutenant. Uh-huh. And she is literally in love with Griffith. Okay. And she wants not only just to serve with him, but also to be basically his equal. Mm-hmm. And then this asshole Guts comes along and <laughs> ruins <laughs> everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she kind of falls for Guts. Because he oh, represents, no. like, she's like in love with this guy. But here comes this bad boy dude, you know, with a big ass sword. And like, all of a sudden, there's this weird love triangle where it's Griffith likes Guts, doesn't like Casca. Casca likes Griffith, doesn't really like Guts at first. And Guts kind of likes Casca. And you just see it that trifecta of like relationship and how but, it yeah and how it just fucks up at the end yeah we're not gonna spoil <laughs> we're not gonna that. spoil anything but i can mention that it's pretty cool how guts actually got his power to wield the biggest sword ever he could carry <laughs> like as a kid he carries stuff like twice his size so naturally it, anything he it's literally now, one punch man yeah. logic <laughs> you know like <laughs> that's what i was about to say so is it like you know 100 push-ups, 100 10 Basically, there's a single day. swipe. I think hundreds of people die within There's the a scene oh, wow. of him. Okay, and I'm talking about like a sword the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, I think it's called wow. the Dragon Slayer, right? Uh, something. But, like, it, he is the first. Like, if you look at like Cloud Strafe or you look at all these other characters of the emo boy with the large sword, yep. yeah. he is the proto. He's, he's the, the first guy. He's the first guy. Like, he's that first. He inspired all these other characters, right? And there's literally a scene of him just laying down, like chilling out holding it with one hand and just, you know, <laughs> swinging it in the air, like, you know, doing repetitions. Like, oh, that's how he practices. Okay. And, but also at the same time, like, um, it's got a heavy medieval uh, atmosphere. Now you're talking about language. Mm-hmm. There's 
a lot of supernatural things that really sneak up on you. Okay. Okay, there's some nice uh, political stuff. There's some very harrowing moments of humanity where you see people make mistakes and how yeah. they deal with it realistically. But also essentially when it all wraps up towards the end, especially for the first season, you will definitely be changed. Okay. I, I, I promise that. And then if you watch the movies, I would recommend you watch the, TV, the series, then you watch the movies because the movies is just a more polished version okay. of the series. Now, also, uh, avoid the recent series. Oh, the 2016-17 oh, stuff. Yeah. Because the animation is actually hit or miss. With okay. a lot of misses. To me, it's a lot of miss. But also, I would say this, right? After you watch the, the, the series and you watch the movies, go straight to the manga. Okay. Go straight to the manga and just see how it elaborates things. Then, like, um, I don't know. It, it, to me, I strongly recommend that you would love this show. Because okay. it's literally designed for guys like us. But you know what? Let's just. How about we actually bring up step. another fantasy show? Um, I believe we brought up. Oh, uh, we haven't brought up a record of Lord of War, a really epic. Series you would too. like that. Yeah. <laughs> you might like that too. Because I mean, you as a fan of paradox games. Oh, okay. Imagine a paradox game with a story that you just you know you don't have to be involved. In, you just watch it happen and unfold. Uh, I would say okay. it's pretty. I wouldn't say it's ahead of its time, but like when it came on the nineties, right? I just remember watching it and thinking to myself that. You know, this is the kind of show you really have to commit to. Mm -hmm. And once you find your favorite character, your, fa your favorite, how you say, flag to follow, and then you just see how, you know, things just happen. Uh, this is like another thing, I just don't want to spoil things. Okay, that's fine. No, because things happen very consistently in Record of Lotus War. You would love this show a lot. Uh, I don't know, anything else? Uh, well, from the fantasy side, probably not. How about something a bit more light-hearted, a bit more fun? Ranma! Okay, Ranma. <laughs> so we've got this... That was very quick. That was very quick. Okay, yeah. so we've got this guy, Ranma himself, who actually practiced fighting in China, and somehow fell into a pool, which actually gives him the curse. Every time hot water touches him, he turns to a lady. I think we also we need mentioned this in Ghost in the Shell. We did, yes, yeah. We did, we did. No, but like, if you haven't seen Ranma, especially your Last King fans, right? Come on. You got Ranma watch Half it, dude. is probably one of the greatest comedies ever made. Yeah. And also one of the, like, I think it was one of the pioneer gender bender style yes. comedies. Right? And it also introduced a lot of uh, anime tropes like the Sundere and the Yandere tropes. Okay. Or even like animals transforming the humans and back and forth stuff. Before furries were a thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. I was also saying, oh, shampoo, I miss you so much. But anyway, <laughs> she's the one who turns into a cat. Yeah. Literally yeah. a pussy. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I think I made that joke before. <laughs> no, I would say this thing, like, Ranma, you would definitely need to watch the anime or you can also uh, read the manga. But the thing is, it's Large. huge. It's very big. I would recommend just watching the show. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, also or if you want like a completion of it, you just read the manga because the anime did not finish. It's only just a bunch of movies and then that's it. Mm. Uh, the manga completes everything. Okay. So I would suggest either way you can't go wrong because you've got really funny slapstick stuff going on, especially with Happosai, the old perverted man. <laughs> and, and, of and, course. Genma, and Genma, the father, yeah. who turns to a panda, by the way. A lot of signboard jokes here and there. A lot of really crazy concepts coming in. And even the OVAs in the films, they do a good job at capturing They're amazing. Spirit, you know? yeah. They're insane, yeah. And I also say, like, uh, this would be, to me, like the pinnacle of that, uh, how you say, made-for-girl art style. I don't know how oh, you, you mean Rumiko Takahashi's art style. Her art it? style is very, I would say, her proportions, the way she draws eyes, the way she draws girls, especially, is like, wow, this is... It's a very strong aesthetic and it's very unique to her. Like I think after that she followed up with Inuyasha. Right? Inuyasha and I forgot what the other show she yeah, booked to me, did recently. Inuyasha to me kind of it's fell basically just short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, compared to something like Ranma, but the thing is, I can't blame her. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Inuyasha's probably glowing, uh, best point is uh, Seishomaru. It's actually Inuyasha's brother, who's a demon dog creature. More but, animals. Yeah, more animals, basically. <laughs> but at the same time, it feels like she's just trying to recapture the Ranma lightning in the bottle. Uh, and okay. she did an okay job with this, but people like me and Shafiq, we kind of see this coming. I was like, yeah, we've seen this before, except in the feudal Japan fantasy world thing. Like, it's her attempt at doing a shonen, which, like, she's not... I, I don't think that's she's that's a strong... She's following story. the formula, But she, she did her best. And the thing is, her, her art style actually improved with the show. Did it? But at the same time, I would just recommend watching Ranma Half, all of it, if you can. Mm-hmm. And... Because that's, like, the golden highlight of her... That's when she peaked, basically. Okay. And the comedy hits you all the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably another show that is light-hearted that I would probably recommend. If you like things batshit crazy, mm, bonkers... I love my batshit stuff. Excel Saga. <laughs> oh my god, yes. That's a really awesome show. Okay, it's about girls named Excel and then who's the one who bleeds a lot? I forgot. Uh, the purple-haired girl. I know who you're talking about. And then about. we got that master guy who tells them what their mission is. With the is. Italian name. What's his name again? Piozo, Apapalooza. Whatever. But anyway, the important thing is these missions they go through basically are anime tropes, anime storyline tropes that they go through. Like, they got to do, a, they got to participate in a sports team and they make fun of sports anime. They got to through, they got to go through like a Sentai show and they make fun of Sentais. What's Sentai? Uh, you know, like Power Rangers, Rangers stuff. Uh, you know. And so forth and so forth. Like a space show or even a fantasy show. They make fun of a lot of things here and they do a great job at it. Yeah, it's one of that the most... That sounds amazing. It's like extremely tongue-in-cheek and at the same time, like it, it will also kind of help you understand the tropes because when they point it out to you and you realise like, oh, hey, so I know what my tastes are all of a sudden because oh. I get these jokes. Oh, okay. So it's a good taste-making thing as well. It's a very good taste-making thing because I, I mean, a lot of time people recommend Excel Saga as like, if you're a fan of anime, you need to watch this to kind of like... Uh, established that oh th- these tropes are right in front of your face and you don't realize it yeah they deconstruct deconstruct it in the best way possible and the thing is when I watched Excel Saga when I watched it it's like it's like how you watch where you see a meme and you don't really get the context but you get the joke so when I watched Excel Saga I didn't really realize these tropes existed or that I was actually you know a certain demographic to them and then as you grow up and as I watched it again quite recently I, I, I thought to myself like this is probably genius there's something about this show that, you know, but you will have to bear with the fact that the lead character, XL, has got one of the most squeakiest voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a make or break thing, but I yeah. thought that she was charming in a okay. sense. Well, I mean, because she's supposed to be the cipher for everything else that goes around. And I would say this, right? If you get the English dub, the American voice is equally squeaky for some <laughs> reason. I think they got Tara Strong or something. Oh, good like, it's super okay. like high-pitched and shrilly. And that's, like I said, make or break for you. But, you know, do it like most anime guys. Just turn off the voice and just read. The- <laughs> I remember there was also a really funny side story at the end of each episode where there's this African-American guy with an afro who always has his wife sleeping with another guy. He's from Brazil, bro. Brazil, sorry. Oh my god, Brazil. I'm so racist. But he's, 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 he's a dark-skinned dude. Yeah, it's okay. okay. <laughs> there's a lot of stupid shit that happens with him. Like, why is that man doing this to my family and so forth and so forth? And then, like... Also, I love the whole joke where like the universe is actually a character, uh, <laughs> and like, like why am I resurrected? I'm the universe. I just feel like resurrecting you. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. If you want a bit more uh, semi-realistic kind of comedy, uh-huh. there is one called there's one show called Azumanga Daioh. So it's actually about a bunch of schoolgirls in the same school, uh-huh. and 
It's not what you think. It's not like harem anime and whatnot. Okay. This girl we should be recommending harem anime to him, actually. Nah, <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's the one trope that we try to avoid. If you yeah, want to watch a harem uh, anime, boys and girls, watch Sekire. <laughs> that show, if you love them big... If you love them big boobies, Sekiri. Okay, okay. <laughs> Shafik approved. <laughs> oh anyway, so Azumanga oh, Dayo, so it's about, yeah, a bunch of school students and their two teachers and the shit they go through. Okay. Comedic stuff, by the way, so it's like simple stuff like, I want to buy bread. Oh, we're going to make puns about bread and stuff and whatnot. So you've got your, your main character is called Chiyo. She's this girl who actually skipped a shitload of grades to be in this, uh, I think, uh, one part of high school, I believe. And... And apparently all the school kids also kind of make fun of her in a sense because she's so short and stuff. She's like and in the gifted program or something. The, yeah, the gifted okay. program, yes. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And then there's also this one character named Osaka who dreams of her having a pigtails being detached and stuff. So it gets really weird and meta halfway it, it through. It does sound like it's going down crazy lane and all It is crazy lane all the way through. But okay. it's like more like you kind of get the puns or you don't because this is actually based off a four panel comma comic strip. Where it's like four, four, uh, four panels and that's a joke right there at the end. Oh, so like a standard, like, uh, like those newspaper comics you'd see yeah. in the States. Mm. A lot of people say that this is like the Seinfeld of anime in a sense because a lot of plots go nowhere. Okay. Well, but it's funny in its own context. Okay, well, I've taken all your suggestions on board. I need to write all of this down because I'm probably going to forget. But thank you very much, gentlemen. <laughs> Before we go into break, uh, we have time for a quick little uh, game. Oh, a quiz. What? Yes. <laughs> we got a quiz, apparently. It's anime line or porn line. I thought you were going to like cut with the misogyny. Oh, <laughs> now, Where's the studio audience again? I, I, I think we're saying that. Oh, hey, studio audience. Oh, uh, they're a bit quiet right now. Yeah. Uh, Quite even they are flummoxed right now like what we have another game segment okay yeah. so like uh, what's this it's anime line or porn line so anime is great but when oh, yeah. you look at certain lines out of context they're really weird yes they are hmm. the same way that a lot of feature length porn films have some lines where you definitely tell whoever was writing the script didn't care and he was just writing the most crazy nonsense to see if anyone was paying attention because obviously there's because a big highlight in the show. Because Come Guzzling Sluts 3 is just so dynamic. Exactly. <laughs> it tells its own story. So, five out of five. You know what you're buying. I'm going to read a line. Mm -hmm. No context. What? Nothing at all. And you need to tell me with your best guess if it's a porn line or an anime line. Who goes first? The thing is, I don't think I watched enough porn or anime to be able to do well in this. And speaking as the returning champion for all these quiz segments, <laughs> right? Now, I have a lot on the line right here, uh, but at the same time, I think this would probably be the one chance for uh, Toffee Senpai to finally beat me on this. <laughs> We'll see about we that. should stop doing this, okay? Come yeah. on. He'll beat you in more ways than that. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> you had to go there, what the fuck, man? <laughs> he probably could, you know? He could fuck a planet. <laughs> oh exactly. So, line number one. Uh, we'll start with you, Tuffy. Um, I once went to ma- Sorry, let me try that again. I once met a man with a pet dragon. That's I an... once met a man with a pet dragon. Is it anime or porn? Wait, are these titles or are these just like these are dialogue? Just, these are just lines of dialogue. Or they could be dialogue from a porn. Yeah. I'm gonna like say porn. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll say both. Both? Okay. A hentai. <laughs> <laughs> I once met a man who had a dragon. Porn line. You are correct. It is a porn line. Oh, <laughs> the full line is, I once met a man with a pet dragon and he convinced me to touch it. Turns out to be his penis. <laughs> Which point is this, if you don't mind enlightening Ladies and gentlemen, Tom did some of me. 
I did some extensive research. Oh yes, yes. Name. We got we got to definitely give props to the uh, research for this. <laughs> oh god, this is painting me in a really bad light. That's okay. You know, it's even worse for us because we know what you're talking about. Oh god, yeah. Um, I mean, we should, but <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so score is tied. Uh, one one. Yeah. So line number two. The French are lying on the beach with their tits and dicks out for the world to see. That's from an anime. That sounds I'll familiar. Say anime. <laughs> you are correct. It is an anime slash manga. Again, I don't know the title. I just <laughs> oh, dude, you gotta at least like you gotta reveal the title, bit, bro, because so now everybody will know where to look for this. <laughs> or maybe like suggest to us. Like, and hey, the worst thing is, there. I heard it in Japanese. So when you <laughs> when you say it to me in English, like, yeah, that sounds familiar. Shit. Okay. Does it sound like read or die? Maybe. No, I don't think so. Oh wait. No, 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 no. no. The French. <laughs> okay, so line number three. Hello, madam. I turn off the gas for you. That's a porn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I want to say both, actually. You can't do that, okay? No, yeah, you okay. have to stick to your guns. One okay. or the other. One or the other. Okay, porn. You are wrong. It's an anime. Wait, what? Again, I don't know the title, but it's a guy with a horse in a kitchen. Horse in a kitchen. A horse in the kitchen? A horse. Oh, a horse, okay. Like, he's taking a horse into a kitchen, and this woman's like, why the hell do you have a horse in? And he's just saying something completely inconsequential. Where do like you Heidi. find these This things. is like Heidi in the 70s, maybe. The internet is a wonderful place. Oh, man, the deepest, darkest... Uh, <laughs> the deepest cuts. ...folders of the beyond. <laughs> okay, line number four. Okay. Your breasts have ruined my Christmas. That is from Anonymy. Okay. I don't remember which anime this is from. <laughs> is this Girls? Okay, maybe it's Girls Bravo. Um, I'm gonna say probably Love Hina anime. It is an anime. Well done. Oh wait, what? <laughs> okay. It is actually an anime. Are we still tied at three three? Think so. Yeah, you guys are doing very very We're well. Oh, next. I think you're answering first. We should make it fair, and you know, we'll back okay, and forth. Okay, so you you're going for the next one, Shivik. Mm. Um, the line is, this egg seems to be causing a lot of problems. <laughs> Well, we did mention Berserk, and there's a lot of eggs in Berserk <laughs> that cause problems. Uh, I would say that's from a porno. Okay. I'm gonna say anime. Shafiq gets the point. Oh, Because <laughs> I, I know which one it is. Oh, God. It's <laughs> funny. Hey, please enlighten us, honestly. Please enlighten us. Oh, my God. I am revealing way too much about myself here. Uh, so let me know what you said. Which, uh, okay, what was the dialogue in? This that, egg has problems. This right? egg seems to be causing a lot of problems. That's my search term right there. <laughs> you know, big breasts, Asian eggs. <laughs> okay. Oh so, uh, line number six. I need to delete my internet history <laughs> right now. <laughs> you need to burn your PC, that's what you need to do. <laughs> line number six. Uh, this is for you first, John. Mm -hmm. Again. You look like how, I'm, how my vagina feels. <laughs> that's more like a Judd Apatow movie. <laughs> it's like from an Amy Schumer movie. It does. It sounds like something Amy Schumer would say. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say anime, but I'm not sure what show this is. Okay. Yeah, anime. For anime. Me. Yeah, I love how you just kind of make yourself seem like, oh, I'm not sure what show this is. I, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Frankly, tapping away. I'm, I'm just gonna say porn. It's a porn. Oh. <laughs> Why do I keep winning these things? <laughs> I think these quizzes are drawing drawn to you, man. <laughs> this is your true calling, man. Oh god, you know I should be on Jeopardy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Line number seven. Okay. There's more. Yeah, <laughs> So Vic, here you go. Well, I swung by to see you produce some sticky white stuff. That's from an anime. Okay. 
I'm gonna say anime as well. You are both correct. It is an anime. I know which one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the inside. Wait, is it the Shimoneto show? The one with the girl wearing the underwear on top of the head? Because that sounds like it's from there. It sounds like it's from there. I think yeah. it's from Shimotika Glory Days. No wait. Let, let's not reveal okay. too much about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. okay. I can fine, immediately fine. Listen, uh, f- can sense all the female fans just constantly subscribing as this segment keeps going. Moving oh, on. Let's get us over with. Huh? <laughs> so there's only two more lines. Okay. So John, you start again. So John has to get these two correct just to tie with me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So eight. Doesn't it feel? Sorry. Let me try that again. Do your sexy voice. It doesn't feel good unless you stick it straight in. <laughs> from an anime she's <laughs> <laughs> your time I know which one it is <laughs> that's the sad thing I think I know this one too <laughs> I'm gonna go with anime okay it is an anime can you tell me which one it is no, I know <laughs> um Eritonelica excuse no, that's me a, that's a game sorry that's a game also <laughs> also sort of anime-ish but oh man I, wa- I can't answer this uh, no 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 it is an anime. Evangelion. Evangelion. Really? Sticking the back port, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just taking a guess here, man. Uh, That's a draw right there. Stick it in the back port. <laughs> Stick it in the back port. <laughs> well done, Mr. Toffee Senpai. Very good. And hashtag, then, hashtag. Okay, okay, tell you what. Uh, I'm going to let John do this by himself. And if he gets this correct, he gets two points, so he effectively beats me. Okay. Well, that <laughs> just so someone can actually... Just for the drama. Okay, just for, sure. just for the sake of posterity. Because yeah, I, I would drama. love to relinquish my so-called reigning champion of all these <laughs> fucked up segments that we've been doing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. The final line. Did somebody order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say porno here. You are correct. It is... Pretty much every porn and So, title. You purposely made that last one easy yep. for us. Title has finally changed hands. Ladies and gentlemen, your new Last King Quiz Segment Champion Heavyweight Person of the World! <laughs> Mr. Toffee. Mr. Toffee yeah. Senpai the Pientai. Uh, the Sentai. The, the, the Hentai hot? Pientai. He is hot like coffee. Oh, God. <laughs> thank you. Thank That's you. also a porn line. <laughs> I feel proud yet a bit embarrassed to hold this title. You know what? So. I'm 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 gonna let you have it for now, but until the next quiz segment, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. I'm gonna take <laughs> back the title. Yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, with so the streak is finally over. And with that amazing bombshell, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll come back with our reviews of season two. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're on a podcast. You you're not going anywhere. Don't don't stop listening. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so now comes the main segment of the show where we talk about season two of Attack on Titan, which has wrapped up very nicely uh, quite recently. Yeah. A good 12 episodes of being stretched out with filler and stuff. A good yeah. six hours in of way, your life. 12 episodes, really good. I mean, I felt, I mean, should we just start? Like, I felt that it was really, it's alright, it's alright. I mean, I'm not saying it's the most groundbreaking thing considering that some of us, we kind of plot, played catch up with the manga, but yeah. for what we've got, it's actually presented pretty well. No, I would say that it's definitely not as good as season one. Mm. But then again, there are very, very few properties who were able to get better with the second installment. 
I mean, I could probably name it off one hand how many that actually managed to do that. But, I mean, it still has the elements which made season one good. You know, you have you know, the elements of nihilism, you have the interesting interpretations of certain political and social philosophies which kind of drive the show. The characters are still good, although they somehow managed to get some filler stuff in. Like, I feel like the stuff with Ymir and Krista went on a bit too long. I mean, I know what they were trying to set up with it, but it's just like, they could have done that in half of an episode and done something more interesting with the other half. I'll be honest, I actually wanted more of these scenes, but at least that was a perfect length at least to flesh out side characters, especially Sasha, I remember she got something ongoing on the second episode or the third. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. It was nice to see her expand beyond the chick who eats a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's nice that she actually has some kind of rounding going on. I think it was more like a reaction from like the fans like thinking like, oh hey, like this is the one note comedy character. Yeah. And then like they flipped it on its head by like, no, no, no she's the one who's really in charge now. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, it's like I think the main problem I have with season two is like not just the filler, but the, all these unnecessary flashbacks. Like, yeah. like this happens but 10 days later or 10 days earlier or then like a year earlier and then like I mean, I'm not saying that it's I'm not I'm not saying that non-linear storytelling is a bad thing but also uh, it also felt like oh you really like don't know what to put here yeah and at the same time I would say like I mean as necessary as some of the characters need to have their like you know roles and like you know their backstories fleshed out more or less, it's like, you know, you all of a sudden, I realized that in season two, like, the main characters, like, Aaron, Levi, they don't really do much oh, until way later. Well, Levi does nothing I mean, like, he's, he's still yeah. recovering he's, from whatever he's happened good, in season one. Fine, and he has a few quotes, but there's no, like, you know, there's no proper him dressing down until the very last episode. Yeah. Yeah, where he just pretty much just calls out the military. So the spotlight actually. Incompetent yeah. morons. So mm. the spotlight has to be on the other ground units yeah. and everyone else. Which I don't mind at all, actually, because the thing is, like, if you want to establish a universe, you need to not just fill it with just three or four people, but you need to create a world of like, like an entire like gallery of people that we should be following. Yeah. But also at the same time, like, uh, like in reference to like the Krista and the Mir story, I felt like that, that that that's something that could have just been done in one episode. Yeah. You know, and they, they kind of did, but the thing is, it trailed on even more, especially towards maybe like okay, boys and girls. Spoiler warnings, because the thing Heavy is, spoilers. yeah, this is spoilers for just season two. We're Don't gonna worry. explain a lot of things, and the thing is, to explain a lot of things, we need to spoil a few things. Now, okay, Emir is a titan. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, she's a titan that's related to Rainer and Bertold. Who kinda, are I mean, also titans. It's who are also very specific titans. And like, she ate their friend. Yeah, I mean, it's she's a different kind of titan because I think what they're trying to show is that she was like just a normal titan at first. And then after she ate their friend, she became a different kind of titan. Like, the main thing you notice if you look closely is that her teeth change and... Mm. I like that they did a very subtle thing of showing how she has somehow developed in her Titan form. And her backstory, it's interesting. I want to know what goes on more. But I feel like that was stunted for the sake of doing this. I, I wish they would just admit that she's in love with Krista. <laughs> like, like, oh, it, not allies, lovers or something. Yeah, it's like, you know, I feel like they're about to say, I have something to say to you. I would always follow you. Like, God damn it! You said that five times <laughs> no, already. I will also say at the same time, like I think they want to keep it as innocent as possible because Krista represents the kind of innocence and purity that you know everybody is trying to like hold on to yeah. and you know, to keep. And at the same time, like I like these kind of like um, 
I would say what what would you call this in a video game? These these escort missions, yeah. where yeah. literally like, Emir <laughs> is like, okay, this she is my plot point. I need to protect her at all costs. Yeah. And then like the choices for my actions is all dependent on this one character. And then like basically yeah. how like during the whole kidnapping sequence, mm-hmm. and then you see like okay if I don't follow them, I'm gonna die. But if I die, who's gonna protect you? But then you want me to go there, then I still have to protect you. But if I go there, I still die. Then who's gonna protect so you? So it's got that wish. So Ymir has that wishy washy thing. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, the thing is, like, she came to. I mean, I liked her character a lot, especially during the first season where she was just this woman who's just broken and angry and, uh, you know, she doesn't trust anybody. But then she starts to open up. And I like the fact that they didn't have her open up to a guy, but to Krista. Yeah. And then she had a very nice kind of big sister vibe at first. Yeah. Well, like, I need to protect you. You know, like, you are the one pure thing in my life right now. And the only pure thing in the entire show. And like, I've seen. and I also love that line where she basically just says, you know what, uh, you're the only one, no matter how bad I am, you still smile. Yeah. And then Krista yeah. does a thing and just killed one titan for her first titan in the end. Very cool. Well, it's nice to see her yeah, be. It's nice to watch. I think there's another thing about this season, especially where they have to kind of like, okay, everybody starts their arcs now. Yeah. So like, okay, Krista, your arc starts now. Imer, okay, your arc starts now. Reiner, Bertoldo, okay, now you have arcs. Yeah. yeah. Now you have arcs. <laughs> like, what? They have arcs and like, okay, I would say they are the main problem I have with this show. Oh, but yeah. I'm, 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 not, I'm really? not... Yeah, because here's the thing. They... Okay, spoilers, very heavy. Reiner is the armored titan. Yeah. Bertoldo is the, the colossal titan. Mm-hmm. And they also are part of the cadets. Which, like, that's the moment where, like, this season, like, you know, I, I kind of felt like, oh, God, this is so lazy. Yeah, the, the, the contrivance is... It's tough because I feel like they want to give a reason why, but they don't want to say it because they're saving it for the next season. But it just looks like it's, we're doing this for plot reasons. So that the big betrayal is nice and special for everyone. So basically, just to recap what you both said and from what the anime already mentioned after the season ended, Hangul, what was the spec skill again? Hangul, Hangul. Hangul, she yeah. said, she had a theory that apparently all humans are titans. All titans were former humans from the report of the village and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like it was pretty much confirmed when they went back to Connie's village and they realized yes. that the attack of all these recent titans are not from a breach in the wall, but from this village. Mm-hmm. So that plot point itself was your main problem, just to clarify. That's the, that's the one thing I had. That's the one thing that I felt like. Okay, this feels very lazy because as much as like yeah, sure, dramatic reveal. Sure, it's very important to keep things moving at a certain pace, and like. With the reveal of like the beast titan originally, the giant oh, yeah. monkey titan, mm-hmm. and how it's like, oh, it's cognitive, it understands, it can speak. And, I mean, like, that was a first episode. And not only that, when it was revealed in the uh, in the teasers, in the trailers, it was like, okay, okay, now it's going to a, a different level. And I was like really looking forward to that, where it's like the evolution of the titan, where it's like, okay, you thought the colossal titan was a problem, we have now this guy, now yeah. this guy, now this guy. And then the thing is, when they did the plot reveal where like titans are actually people, and I was like, oh, you lost me immediately because I wanted these titans to be as otherworldly as possible. And mysterious. And mysterious. And like, okay, this is a threat that we didn't see coming, we don't know how to deal with, and our only option is to slice that very specific point at the back of their necks. And then like, okay, 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 I get, I get, and you're, you're, you're living in a world without guns, but you have cannons? Okay. And I, 
I mean, okay, yeah. I don't want to like you know, fault it too much on the logic problems, but also, but I will fault it on its story problems. You felt that it laid out its cards, its trump card, a bit too early. Not only things, that, like it? you know, instead of like they would. It's, it's a midichlorian problem all over again. Yeah, yeah. like with uh, the, Star Wars. One. Like you know, when when it's not magical anymore, when it's not like you know, okay, it's not supernatural. But also at the same time, like in in your analogy, it's like not just laying out the trump cards. It's like the guy said, okay, I got four aces, and it's just a bunch of kings, and you're like, oh, that's it's kind of good, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not aces. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if anything, right? Um, I like the fact that it was this band of humans and their last struggle to defend humanity against this otherworldly, supernatural, unexplainable like thing. You know, like the Titans, they're scary because we have no idea what they're about. And then now they're starting to reveal that, okay, Titans are actually humans. And not only that, they, they can... Like, everybody's a Titan. Like, you're a Titan? You're a Titan? Wait, yeah. wait, you're that Titan? Like, fuck! You know, it's like, at the same time, it's like, oh wait. So, all of a sudden, it opens up this possibility that, okay, Mikasa could be a Titan. Anybody could be a Titan. He could be a Titan. She could be a Titan. Super agents, you know. So yeah. it becomes a bit like, you could do that interestingly in a way that they kind of did at the beginning of the episode where they kind of keep all the cadets in one area because we don't know which one of y'all are Titans or not. So it's kind of like the thing. Yeah, I mean, almost. and the thing is, I feel is like because the Annie reveal was so like, well received. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden it felt like, okay, let's make more people Titans. Then like, you know, we'll have the same reaction from people. But the problem is like, yeah, it's a nice birthday cake, but you don't want to eat birthday cake all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you got to keep this special because I like the fact that, okay, Aaron's a titan. He yeah. didn't know. Nobody can explain that. All right. Okay. Then Annie's a titan. And then like, she holds the key or the, like, you know, she is like a very important component to the overall mystery. And I like the fact that, okay, some of them could be titans. But the thing is when Reiner's a titan, Ymir's a titan, Bertolt is a titan, it's like, okay, who else is titans? Like, what's the show about? Is it going to be just nothing but titans in the final three, like, seasons? I mean, that'd be one hell of a final fight, though. Yeah, but then that's the giants thing. Giants and giants. Yeah. yeah. But it's like watching Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. It's like, yeah, they're evenly matched. You know, like, it's very hard to root for them. But if you're a human, literally swinging on, like, ropes with swords against this thing, I want to see more of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was definitely it shows the whole David and Goliath uh, thing yeah, going on. I mean, yeah. Even the title sequence where they have that scene with the Colossal throwing rocks and you know all the scouts kind of dodging out of the way, that didn't happen. I mean, I felt like they were teasing some big final battle which didn't actually happen. Yeah. I mean, there God was something... Damn openings. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did the same with the first season, but at least we had, you know, the big uh, scout scene or yeah. you know, the Annie versus um, Eren battle in the last episode yeah. I mean but also another way to like kind of uh, I mean, you know, open up my point is like all of a sudden the stakes are not as high because like at first it's like Aaron is the only one on our side who's a titan yeah okay and like he's our only chance against like this this unbelievable force of nature that we can't prevent I think the stakes were probably not well mentioned but in a sense. That's the problem. Like yeah. season one, the stakes were very clearly like you know they were clear. presented I mean, to you. This one not so much. Yeah, yeah, this one like when when all of a sudden like okay, you're starting to even out like you know the human side, and as much as like I don't want it to be totally like you know desperate and totally you know like hopeless. a downer and hopeless. Yeah. At the same time, like oh, if you're giving them too much of a chance, it's like saying like. When you see Luke Skywalker destroy the Death Star the first time, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, wow, you know, he, 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 he battled the odds. And then you see them do it again. Like, okay, yeah, we, you, you can destroy yeah. the Death Star. performance, yeah. And then, like, is, and then you see The Force Awakens, and like, oh, they're destroying so another, another Death one. Star. <laughs> you're doing that again. Yeah, let's hope we don't have another one in Episode 9. 
Oh my god, that would be just so stupid. Enough yeah. Death Stars, yeah, but also at the same time, who's gonna lose their hands? Okay, but let's not, <laughs> let's not talk about Star Wars too much. It just feels like maybe the stake that's not clearly mentioned is like, again, the origin of how the hell these humans became Titans in the first place. There's yeah. probably a scientist or... I think Maybe there's a hint involved. of that during the very final shot where you see the Beast Titan and some human standing on its shoulder. It could be that. And if yeah. you look at the end credits when you have like the... Um, the dinosaurs and everything? <laughs> no, the end credits with oh, the, the, okay, the okay. mosaics. It is kind of a spoiler or a hint at what the origins of Titans were. And you can kind of piece it together. I mean, obviously if you read the manga, you know by now, but we're not going to talk about the manga. Yeah. And. I feel like they had to really reveal certain things to set up the stakes for season three, mm. and that weakened the stakes for season two. If you get what I'm trying to say, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's suffering from middle of the road syndrome. You know, the middle part of the trilogy where you know there's something else which needs to happen. Yeah. That's for me. For example, with Lord of the Rings, I felt like that's why Two Towers suffered in my mind. I know a lot of people love it, but I felt like because you know there's still oh, something the else that's going to happen. Fight, man. Yeah. Well, it's great, but at the end, it's like. Oh, it's just one small thing. Like, we still have the big problem to deal with. Yeah. So, there could be an upcoming big problem in the third season. Oh, I mean, probably yeah. involving the Beast Titan, but Definitely. at the same time, it feels like the middle bridge road thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll say one thing. I like the way Ryan and Bertolt revealed themselves to Eren. Mm-hmm. In the so, most casual way. It was so fucking nonchalant. I was like, yeah. oh, by the way, Eren. I'm the armored, he's the colossal. Wait, what? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get the hell out. Yeah, Help and, us out, yo. Yeah, as well, the other scouts are still within earshot, yep. walking away, and they're just like, chatting about, oh, I can't wait to go home. It's like, yeah, we need to go now. We're going to take you to our village. That's been everything. It's like, yeah. what the hell is going that on? That takes balls, considering that Mikasa is just around the corner there, and she's sharp as a cat, you know? Oh, yeah, and well, I mean, she nearly decapitates them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's scary. And there's one other small grab I have. You know, in the end of uh, season one, where Eren is literally on fire with rage, mm-hmm. doesn't happen this time around. Dude, he basically has erectile dysfunction when he meets the mother killer titan, <laughs> yeah. where he's like biting his finger and like, this is my chance to take revenge, and fucking Hans goes in and gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, god, that was so crushing. I mean, I knew it was gonna happen because... Yeah, I saw that coming too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, but just to see it happen, yeah, it's, it's like, like, let's well, go save him, save him, save him my old life again. Well, you're dead. Like, <laughs> no, I shall revenge your mother. No, I can't. <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, like every film where they say, oh, I can't wait to go home to my girlfriend. We're expecting a baby. Right, bye, guys. <laughs> no, but that's also another thing of the thing is like yeah there's all these other things they want to reveal to you but they have to set it up and it's the problem with season two is, is essentially the setup because like that is like the turning point for the whole show is like when the mother killer titan attacks uh Eren, right and he just punches him in the hand and then all of a sudden he's got this new power that nobody realized yeah i mean to be honest I mean, that I mean, reveal was all inspiring for me because i know it was going on and it was pretty crazy the reveal but then thinking back it's like Oh, that's a very... It's kind of like a genre trope, almost. Oh, yeah. it's a trope, it's a trope. Yeah. It's you a got trope. your final... You got that other hidden special talent it's, that you have it, hidden. And like, if you watch any episode yeah. of Dragon Ball, you realise... Any, any, any shonen anime. Any yeah. shonen anime, like, oh, we, I've beaten you. Well, here's this one thing I didn't realise I could do. But the execution, I believe, is actually well. And also that bit where Ar- Armin was actually on top of the colour... Um, the Iron Titan and started saying that oh your friend's getting tortured motherfucker what are you gonna do about it he's evil that was scary as fuck man yo everyone permanently underestimates Armin because he's yeah. so small and weak yeah. I, he's I think fucking he's still, smart he's fucking smart he hasn't killed a single Titan yet but the way he's able to just manipulate people by the things he says I mean mm. he's done it to Eren for good thankfully yep. he's done it to Mikasa he's done it to everyone I mean, that, he is the heart of the show is, yeah. he's Littlefinger 
pretty much. Yeah. In but a cuter package. I would also say this about Armin. Armin is like the the trope of the corruption of innocence. Yeah. Where you see somebody who's uh, shy, cowardly, nervous, and slowly turning evil. No, I wouldn't even say evil. Manipulative and sly. But the thing is, out of necessity, he not out of that, drive. Yeah, he yeah. knows how to survive. And I think they handled that uh, character arc very, very well. Yeah. I mean, it started in season one and they really solidified it in season two. The only character who I feel like is still a bit weak is Connie, to be honest. Mm. Because the reveal was touching, but there was no major shift in his personality apart from the I very guess end so. where he's quite like sad and depressed. I would say like, yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they kind of showed him shell shock, but I would have loved a little bit more emotion from him like, when he re discovers like, my mom's a titan. Yeah, it's like, you know, maybe he's hiding and will have a big breakdown in season three, but it's like when fucking Sasha has a better character development, <laughs> yeah. like, that's when you know he's, the been, lady. <laughs> he's been done wrong. Yeah. Okay, I also got to bring up this other badass moment, Erwin. When you guys arm like eaten bitten by a titan, oh. it's like Lee, go kill this motherfuckers, don't worry about me, man. There's something and he just pops up like just out of nowhere, cut off a was it a bird hole, bird, bird hole I believe? Uh, yeah, I don't Taking know. Er er yeah, I mean yeah, er his escape was a little bit like, oh, we can't kill him off just yet because he's the only competent leader right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, according to lore, he's like second to Levi, right? Oh, is that another guy? No, the, the guy who I thought it was the same ranking, I forgot. Uh, it? No, he's the senior, he's the leader of all the scouts, or the ones in mm. that particular part. Levi's just a captain of a squadron. I, in terms of ability, the only other one was the guy in the first episode who gets... Was this annihilated by yeah. the Beast Titan. Well, no. Oh, that guy, that guy. Yeah, For sake of story, yeah. Yeah, I mean... We need to show like... oh. He's again. the second best, like only after Levi in terms of ability, and he gets ruined. <laughs> no, but yeah. think about Erwin... It's such a way as well, it's just like... Oh, you still alive? Oh, you can eat him now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say this about Irwin. Irwin is a very Japanese character. Yeah. He is the Mr. Like, no matter what happens, we gotta keep fighting. You know? yes, that, yes. that trope appears in a lot of anime. Yeah. But and I don't know, just seeing him like that in those final two episodes, I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's very badass. I mean, like, yeah, he, he's definitely a badass, you know, but he's also a little bit psychotic <laughs> and at the same time. <laughs> I mean, like that. There's like a very Zap Brannigan kind of moment where <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna send wave a after wave of Zap my men, but at least I'm gonna join them in the front lines. Yeah, yeah. And, and then like seeing his troops get annihilated, and he's just constantly, nope. The mission is to save Eren, and then and we will not and, and retreat immediately. Yeah, and like, like all the other soldiers who aren't scouts are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? We're <laughs> dying here. Stay and fight. Like, no, fuck you. I'm about to die. Then he gets eaten. No, it's but like, like at the same time, I like the fact that Erwin is like, yeah, that is what a soldier is mm. you know like that, that he knows the mission is more important than the man and like i love the fact that he's the samurai who plants the sword in the ground and stands up again you know like <laughs> yeah. he's like no i'm not going out this way you know i'm gonna fight till i can't fight no more and i like that a lot about him and in fact okay the one thing the plus point i have about this season especially is like all the characters like you just see them have their moments they all have yeah. their time yeah. to shine yeah. you know like I get like in season one, okay, everybody's fangirling over Levi. We put him aside. Let's give all these other characters an opportunity Absolutely. to kind of like, you know, branch out and like develop. But also at the same time, it's like, to me, characters are really strong. I mean, like, their arcs are like interesting. The main plot thread, I'm slowly kind of losing interest. But at the same time, like, at the I'm, I'm gonna say, I saw a lot of that coming. Which, yeah. and, and I agree with you, it's also all, you know, in terms of the greater good of the, telling the bigger story. So hopefully season 3 kind of rectifies it, or at least, you know, elevates things. Yeah, but did you at least appreciate the execution and how it actually panned out, despite you, I mean, both of us knowing how anime works. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
I don't appreciate it at all. But you understand. But I get that's why they have to do it, which is why I'm extremely disappointed because oh, like the first Attack on Titan, like you know they had this amazing ability to kind of like turn your expectations on its head, where you didn't expect this to happen. Like Eren gets like wiped out, or like you know this amazing like super elite squadron all get wiped out. Yeah. Whereas in the second one is like they're kind of giving you that glimmer of hope. Like it even is like reflected in the opening theme song. Oh, where yeah. it's not as epic or as you know grandiose, it's more like okay, it's a bit more upbeat. You know, it's, it's a little still bit. Still good. But... We have a chance now. Yeah, that, yeah. Nothing can be the first theme. Oh, yeah. the, the first theme. I was so sad when they changed it for the second half. Like, yeah. What's this shit doing? Yeah, exactly. my but that lovely disco beat, right? But also at the same time, it's like you know what I love especially about season one is like yes, this is like you know desperate, the despair, the nihilism. Like this is very heavy shit. And the second one is like, okay, okay, we don't want to leave you guys too much of too much of a downer, you know. Let's try and like you know raise the stakes. And at the same time, I think they raise the stakes a little bit too high. Yeah. Yeah. Because because like, now now it's like when you look at these titans, like, all right, they don't look so threatening now that we have all this opportunity now. That's true, and I think especially what stings a bit is that this took three years to make. Mm. I mean, it's half the length of the first one, and there's definitely moments where it comes short. Thankfully, season three is only next year. Like there's some people worried it wasn't gonna come out till 2020. I wouldn't even call it season three. I would say it's season two, part two. It's probably yeah. the second half of season two. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, I think we've said most of what we want to say. Do you want to give like a final rating for season two for season or two, for yeah. the whole thing in general? Uh, I guess season two would be the more appropriate. Yeah, for, for season two, what's your overall rating? I mean, for okay, I have to like definitely compare. So season one to me. A glorious nine upon ten. Absolutely. Okay. And season two, like despite its faults, like it's not terrible. Yeah. But you know, if you compare it to what came before, like uh, okay, I would say it's a strong seven and a half to eight for me. That's that's still a very good. Which that's is very generous. Like a strong B compared yeah. to the A that was the first one. Yeah, I would also give it a seven out of ten, just because I mean, season one was nine nine and a half. It was really really excellent storytelling with all. Yeah, I can't even really think of an attraction apart from maybe Aaron whines a bit too much. But Especially in season two, yeah. man. There's a whole episode where he's just sitting in the tree shouting at everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just wish they just said, could you just shut the fuck up? I can cut your jaw off and you still survive. Don't like, test me, man. Like, stop. Deal with it, bro. Yeah, yeah I get it. Your mom died. All our moms died. <laughs> How about you, Toffee Senpai? I'm gonna... I think there's probably that one episode where uh, we are basically agreeing with each other's mm-hmm. ratings and stuff. 7 out of 10 for me, still feels very tropish, feels very, feel very familiar, but mm. execution, I'm, 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 I'm happy with it. Okay. I love what everything goes on. The filler stuff isn't even that much, especially when compared to other shows. Oh terrible. yeah, I mean, you this know, is, this is acceptable. Still yeah. No, this yeah. is acceptable. Yeah. How about this, let's spe- do a little bit of speculation before we wrap up the entire Absolutely. episode. Like maybe Tofu Senpai, where do you want to see this show go? To the ocean and beyond, I hope, because <laughs> they did tease an ocean or something at the at the at, uh, during the during one of the teasers for season three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. technically, I know there's there's probably going to be a lot more Beast Titan action or maybe a lot more Titans coming in of that magnitude. Yeah, I'd like so, to see what other special Titans we're going to see because it's been hinted that there are others. Mm-hmm. They haven't expressly said, but you do know there are going to be more who are shown, and I want to see how they. Develop that. I also want them to finally get to Eren's basement because they keep on That saying, has been teased in season one, yeah, right? Oh yeah, no, it's like, yeah, just go to the basement. You are a titan now <laughs> and you can go on fire. 
sit back, recover, and then fucking gun it. And then I think you'll be fine. I don't think that's how anime works. They're probably gonna save that for maybe the fifth or the sixth oh, season. God, Th- that's not how episodic TV works yeah. anyway. You know, like, oh, now you're underpowered for the sake of plot. Like, ugh. Like, for me, what I want to see happen with Attack on Titan, not say season three, but eventually. I wanted to kind of go back to the the atmosphere of season one, where it's really depressing we, and nihilistic. Yeah, a bit. I also want to see. Yeah, because that's extremely refreshing to me yeah. to see something that's like, even though it's the spectacle and the supernatural elements, but how it's so grounded in reality about how humanity we don't stand a chance. I yeah. kind of want yeah. to see an episode. I mean, I mean, where again, all these titans they're humans, but. There are actually some scenes or even some little drawings they show that they probably came to the center of the earth somewhere, somehow. Yeah. So who knows? Like maybe on the, f- the fifth or sixth season, we'll finally get to see some mysteries solved. Apart yeah. from the whole human They Titans also thing. hinted that, that there's someone else behind the Titans pulling the strings. And they are gonna have to reveal it eventually. And yeah. I want the reveal to be, like you said, back to the sense of we don't stand a fucking chance. Mm. And it better be fucking good if they're able to, you know, just treat Titans as attack dogs. Yeah, I think if anything, like, don't treat your audience like babies. Like, yeah, we right. can handle this kind of thing. They were a bit patronizing at some points where they really yeah. hammer home some points, but I don't know, maybe that's another trope thing. Oh, I kind of hope that the whole humans Titan thing that Shafiq mentioned is, prob- is a red herring of sorts. Like, it's yeah. just misleading us to the actual truth. Yeah, which hopefully might be good. You, you know, know what I actually really want to see? If you recall at the start of the opening sequence where you see the Beast Titan running along with like dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> or dinosaur Titan. I want like oh, to see Titan T-Rex. Ooh, that'd be terrifying. Ooh. You know, like, if this is a Titan, this is a T-Rex Titan. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't enough rope in the world to climb that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we can definitely wrap it up. Uh, so, any final words? Uh, not really, apart from... I mean, I'm glad I watched it. I was never bored. And I can't wait to see what they do for season three. I kind of want to recommend more anime to talk to Mr. Tom here. Yeah, we should do an entire episode where we just recommend anime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that could take up two hours, I'll honestly. Be, I'll be quite that could the take entire up a episode. Season. <laughs> just sitting there like, uh-huh, 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 yeah. Uh, the checklist uh-huh, episode. Uh-huh. Okay, so, uh, okay, let's wrap it up. You know, we do enjoy season two. Not as good as the first one, but hopefully it gets better. It was better than Transformers, I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also stay tuned next week where we talk about another web slinger. You know, Spider-Man's on the horizon. Oh, yeah. So look forward to that. So uh, this has been your co-host. Uh, what was I again? Captain Shafiq? Captain Shafiq. Yeah. yeah. I've been Cadet except Tom. Yeah, that's I think I'm General Topic. You are... You're not very good general if you have to he's, ask he's us. He's general. I'm not a general? I don't know. Well, I'm kind of general. I'll help you out here. You know what, Tom? Toffee's the Titan. da 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 Hey Lasking fans, this is your favorite co-host, Dr. Shafiq, here to remind you to follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. Look for us, Lasking Podcast. And for all your social media needs, we also have all the social media needs with f- our Facebook, our Twitter, and Instagram, 
at Last King Podcast. But more importantly, visit our website at thelastking.net for all your gaming news, movie reviews, and TV show hues. Uh, I don't know. But please, like, share, subscribe, comment. Tell us what you think. Be involved. We're trying to build a community here. Okay?